Loving Father in heaven, thank you for your goodness and love and mercies bestowed upon us on a daily basis. We give thanks to you for the protection you give to us and for the food we eat, the water we drink, the air we breathe. Blessed be your holy name, O Lord. Please, as we go through your word now, we ask that the gift of your Holy Spirit shall be graciously given to us as spiritual things are spiritually discerned of our own. We cannot understand your word. For the sake of your children whom you sent your son to die for, please put your words in my mouth that we all may be built up and blessed by the words we will hear into the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Prepare us for your coming, Lord, that we may be sealed with the seal of the living God. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, September 16. Uninvolved. And next unto them, the Tekoites repaired. But their nobles put not their necks to the work of their Lord. Nehemiah chapter 3, verse 5. Among the first to catch Nehemiah's spirit of zeal and earnestness were the priests because of their influential position these men could do much to advance or hinder the work and their ready cooperation at the very outset contributed not a little to its success the majority of the princes and rulers of israel came up nobly to their duty and these faithful men have honorable mention in the book of God. There were a few, the Tekoite nobles, who put not their necks to the work of their Lord. The memory of these slothful servants is branded with shame and has been handed down as a warning to all future generations. In every religious movement, there are some who, while they cannot deny that the cause is God's, still hold themselves aloof, refusing to make any effort to help. It were well for such ones to remember the record kept on high, that book in which there are no omissions, no mistakes, and out of which they will be judged. There every neglected opportunity to do service for God is recorded. And there too, every deed of faith and love is held in everlasting remembrance. Against the inspiring influence of Nehemiah's presence, the example of the Tekoite nobles had little weight. The people in general were animated by patriotism and zeal. Men of ability and influence organized the various classes of citizens into companies, each leader making himself responsible for the erection of a certain part of the wall, and of some it is written that they builded. 
everyone over against his house. Nor did Nehemiah's energy abate now that the work was actually begun. With tireless vigilance, he superintended the building, directing the workmen, noting the hindrance and providing for emergencies. In his many activities, Nehemiah did not forget the source of his strength. His heart was constantly uplifted to God, the great overseer of all. The God of heaven, he exclaimed, He will prosper us. And the words echoed and re-echoed, shrilled the hearts of all the workers on the wall. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Uninvolved. And we are looking at the project which Nehemiah embarked on in desiring to rebuild Jerusalem, the walls, the gates, the streets, and the whole city, that it may be a place prepared for the coming of the Messiah. The work of the priests after Nehemiah came down to Jerusalem to rebuild the city gives us an example of what the clergy should be today in relationship with the laity, that's the relationship between the church members and the pastors. Nehemiah was no pastor, Levite, priest, prophet, or king. He was the most ordinary of men. He did not receive any prophecy from God. He does not tell King Artaxerxes I that God sent him to the king to receive favor from him. Unlike prophets like Elijah and Elisha, Jeremiah and Nathan, he was unsure of what the outcome of his request would be. He relied wholly on God. The king granted him his request. He calls it the good hand of the Lord upon him. After this, he goes to Jerusalem, unsure of how he was going to do the work and also unsure of what the reception of the people would be, but with a plan and with a strategy which is best suited for the people and which will most likely work at least to all human calculations, but yet still praying and dependent on God. He does not say to the people that he received a message from God. All he knows is that there is a work to be done and he has to do this work that needed to be done and must be done. But he was at the mercy of the priests who had a greater influence over the people than himself. Not that this work could not be done without them, but when it is time for a work God has ordained to be done, if men will not put their hands to plow and see that the work is done, if they will not consider it a privilege that God even brought them in connection with himself and enlist them into his work, if they refuse to work, God will raise stones to do the work, for man cannot hinder a work of reform when God wants it to be done. These priests, though they had influence, could not hinder Nehemiah's work any more than the priests in Christ's day could not stop Jesus from resurrecting, or the popes could not stop the reformation from being done by the reformers in the dark ages. God had commanded that the light to sh should shine, and those popes could not stop it. But one thing that these priests could do is that they could use their influence to arouse the people under them to join Nehemiah in the building of the temple of Jerusalem or they could try to make the work more difficult for Nehemiah. 
And what did they choose to do? They chose to support Nehemiah and it went well. Conflict and Courage, page 265, paragraph 2 says, Among the first to catch Nehemiah's spirit of zeal and earnestness were the priests. Because of their influential position, these men could do much to advance or hinder the work, and their ready cooperation at the very outset contributed not a little to its success. The majority of the princes and rulers of Israel came up nobly to their duty, and these faithful men have honorable mention in the book of God. End of quote. The Bible writes their names one by one and it's an honor to them. Reading from Nehemiah chapter 3 from verse 1 to 4 it says, Then Eliashib the high priest rose up with his brethren the priests and they builded the sheep gate, they sanctified it and set up the doors of it. Even unto the tower of Mea they sanctified it, unto the tower of Hananiel. And next unto him builded the men of Jericho and next to them builded Zachor the son of Imri, but the fish gate did the sons of, of Hasana build, who also laid the beams thereof, and set up the doors thereof, the locks thereof, and the bars thereof. And next unto them repaired Merimoth the son of Rija, the son of Koz, and next unto them repaired Meshulam, the son of Berechiah, the son of Meshezabil, and next unto them repaired Zadok the son of Bana. I'll stop here for now. As we hear the names of these men, we realize something. It is not always the case that the clergy, that's the, the pastors, or everyone at all cooperates with the laity in charge of a work of reform. If these priests were proud men and full of themselves, they would think it a humiliating thing to take orders from one who is not above them in office. It is frequently the case that many among the clergy are like this. And this is what the nobles of the Tekoites did. Though they were not the clergy, but this was the elite of the people. A faithful record of their own involvement in the work of reform is written, not only in the book of Nehemiah, but in the book of heaven. Concerning them it is written, Nehemiah 3 verse 5, And, unto, and next unto them the Tekoites repaired, but their nobles put not their necks to the work of their Lord. So, why did they refuse to work and how does God view their uninvolvement? Perhaps they disdained to be receiving orders from Nehemiah, who they felt was beneath them in wealth or learning. But pride is one reason, it could be one reason they refused to work. They were nobles and may have felt it beneath their dignity to be brought to the same level as the poorer class of people who they considered to be their inferiors in class people who they think were their servants. But this is not the spirit we should have. The Lord has a work for us to do today in the work of reform, building up its walls and repairing the breach. All hands are to be on deck in this matter and in the house of God, your social status or your worldly position or even your, your status in the church as a pastor or just any position is not supposed to bear sway in this matter. He who is great in the world may be least in the church of God. God does not value people based on their social status, wealth, and worldly position. In his church, it is those who are his servants, workmen, that needed not to be ashamed, who rightly divide the word of truth that are his chief servants and his chief representatives. And it's not about the position you were given, even in the church. If, because of our social status, we find it difficult to be taught by people, 
or if because of your standing in the church and the name and position you hold, whether you are an elder or a deacon or a pastor, if because of that you feel that it is beneath your dignity to cooperate with someone who apparently is more knowledgeable than yourself in the word of God, if because of this you think that this person who is not as favorably favorably positioned as yourself is not worthy to teach you and you become indifferent towards the work of God because of your pride. Do you know what's going to happen? The curse of God will be upon us if we are like that as it was on Meros. Who is Meros, you would say? Meros is not a person. It is a city that refused to join hands with those who were vindicating the name of God during the days when Barak and Deborah were the judges in Israel. After Deborah had overseen the destruction of the enemies of the Lord, the Lord spoke through her to bless all those who assisted in the work. But while the blessing was being pronounced on others, Deborah said in the book of Judges 5 verse 23, Curse ye mirrors said the angel of the world of the lord curse ye bitterly the inhabitants thereof because they came not to the help of the lord to help to the help of the lord against the mighty and then a blessing is pronounced on the people who assisted verse 24 blessed above women shall jile the wife of heba the kenite be blessed shall she be above women in the tent why is Jael blessed and a whole city called Meros is cursed bitterly, said the angel of the Lord, because she put her hand to the plow. She helped. It was not Deborah that brought to an end the oppression of the children of Israel at that time. It was this woman, Jael, who of her own self, a Kenite. Do you know who a Kenite is? Do you remember? Kenites are not necessarily merely Israelites. They are the in-laws of Moses, but they chose to join themselves to the children of God. This woman was a Kenite and she was involved in taking, in helping to bring the name of God to glory. She was the one who put that nail on the head of the leader of the enemies of Israel at the time and she helped in destroying them and she is blessed. Reading from the book Review and Herald, August 13. 1889 starting from paragraph 16 we are told god has raised up men to meet the necessity of this time it's not necessarily pastors anybody at all that you see is raised up to meet the necessity of this time just like nehemiah who will cry aloud and spare not who will lift up their voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgressions and the house of jacob their sins this is the work of reform their work is not only to proclaim the law but to preach the truth for this time the lord our righteousness the curse of mirrors will be upon those who do not now come up to the help of the lord against the mighty well may the question be asked in the spirit of elijah how long halt ye between two opinions if the lord be god follow him but if baal then follow him all heaven is interested in the work that is going on upon the earth but there are those who see no necessity for a special work at this time while god is working to arouse the people they seek to turn aside the message of warning reproof and entreaty their influence tends to quiet the fears of the people and to prevent them from awaking to the solemnity of this time 
those who are doing this are giving the trumpet no certain sound. They ought to be awake to the situation, but they have become ensnared by the enemy. If they do not change their course, they will be recorded on the books of heaven as stewards who are unfaithful in the sacred trusts committed to them and the same reward will be apportioned to them as to those who are at enmity and in open rebellion against God." End of quote. To the leaders in the church, to the nobles today, do you want this to be against you? Did you hear the, the strong words that the spirit of prophecy used against those who will not support the men that God has raised for the necessity of these times to cry aloud and spare not? Who will lift up their voice like a trumpet and show the people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins? Who will do a work of reform to build the walls of Jerusalem and repair the gates and the streets and the city? If you are hearing pastors or mere people, just human beings with ministries all over like Nehemiah and the work they are doing is to bring people out of sin into righteousness and you think that you will be indifferent towards the work or even speak against them, the curse of Meros is upon you. Apart from the nobles today, we see the example of these priests who worked with Nehemiah as a worthy example for all ministers to do today. They humbled themselves and worked with Nehemiah. You think it would have been an easy thing? For some, of course, if they have the Spirit of God, it, it is easy. But too much pride today makes people who call themselves pastors, not all of them by the way, but there is something about it that makes them feel like we cannot listen to anybody who is not like us who is not in the position. But there are some today who seems to have a narrow mindset. They seem to think that the work of the gospel is for them and them alone and no other person but them. The pastors alone are to do it. This is wrong. There is a work for every one of God's children to do and Nehemiah is an example of this. Let me read something to that effect. This Day with God, page 211, paragraph 4 and 5 says, In true religion, there is nothing selfish or exclusive. The gospel of Christ is diffusive and aggressive. It is described as the salt of the earth, the transforming living, the light which shineth in darkness. It is impossible for one to retain the favor and love of God and enjoy communion with him and still feel no responsibility for the souls for whom Christ died, who are in error and darkness, perishing in their sins. If those who profess to be followers of Christ neglect to shine as lights in the world, the vital power will leave them and they will become cold and Christless. The spell of indifference that is uninvolvement will be upon them a death-like sluggishness of soul which will make them bodies of death instead of living representatives of Jesus. Now hear this, everyone, not just pastors, everyone must lift the cross and in modesty, meekness and lowliness of mind, take up his God-given duties, engaging in personal effort for those around him who need help and light. All who accept these duties 
will have a rich and varied experience. Their own hearts will glow with fervor and they will be strengthened and stimulated to renewed persevering efforts to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling because it is God that worketh in them both to will and to do of his good pleasure. End of quote. And to add to that, we read from Review and Herald, June 30, 1903, paragraph 7. It says, Christ declares, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. God has endowed us with faculties, and has entrusted us with talents, in order that we may use them for him. It is not saying God has endowed just a few people, but us, all of us. To every man is given his work. Not merely work in his fields of corn and wheat, but earnest persevering work for the salvation of souls. Every stone, not a few, every stone in God's temple must be a living stone, a stone that shines, reflecting light to the world. Let the laymen do all that they can, and as they use their talents, they are they already, and as they use the talents they already have, God will give them more grace and increased ability. Amen. Do the work that lies nearest to you. Do anything, however humble, rather than be like the men of Meros. Do nothing. End of quote. And again in Review and Herald, September 30, 1902, paragraph 11, we are told, Curse ye Meros, said the angel of the Lord. Curse ye bitterly the inhabitants thereof, because they came not to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. Let the indifferent ones arouse and act their part in the work of the Lord, lest this curse be spoken against them. Let all who can give themselves to the long-neglected work in our cities, a work that has been looked at and then passed by on other side, on the other side, as the wounded man was passed by the priests and the Levites. Take up the work in the cities wholeheartedly, intelligently, unselfishly. So all this that I have read is to put in our minds that the work of reform is to be done by everybody. The nobles of the Tekoites who refused to join the work for whatever reason represent those today who for whatever reason just maybe they don't like the work they don't like that the wall is being built because the principles of the standard of god's law is not appealing to them like we read in yesterday's devotion when we looked at let us build some people don't want us to build the techoites the noble of the techoites the nobles of of the techoites are like that they like the walls down they like the standard to be low they love to see the iniquity let us not be among them as you hear the word of the Lord saying, let us build, let us go back to the old paths. Jeremiah said, thus says the Lord, stand ye in the way and see, ask for the old paths, where is the good way? Let us walk therein, let us go back to the standard of the law of God. Don't be like the nobles of the Tekoites who were uninvolved in the work of reform for whatever reason. If you are just a member, maybe you don't like the reforms itself. No. See that the Lord means well. He loves you. And that's the reason he wants these standards to be in your life, to protect you from the enemy. These things that the Lord calls abominations that are the broken walls of Jerusalem, they are not good for you. It is in the wisdom of the Lord and his love that he wants these walls to be built up and the gates to be built and repaired so that you will be saved eternally so that you will understand and enjoy the pleasure of the Lord. 
Some people don't have pleasure in righteousness. Yes, we all came from that place. We had pleasure in the things of this world. But give the Lord a chance in your life and he will change you. And that which you once loved, you will hate. And that which you hate today in the principles of righteousness, you will love. Some don't like to dress very well. They don't like to keep the Sabbath. They don't like to stay away from the movies and the entertainment and love to study the word of God. Yes, God understands. He knows this. He, he understands your condition. But he wants you not to be like the nobles of the Tekoites. As you are seeing the walls, as it's been presented to you, as the principles of destruction, that these walls are destroyed and down because it's going to destroy your life. Wake up to the call. Don't be uninvolved like the nobles of the Tekoites. For whatever reason, don't let pride come into your heart, maybe because of your age. Are you older than Nehemiah? Drop those things. Let it not be a concern. Are you going to kill Jesus? Because the priests, they killed Jesus, the high priest, Caiaphas and Annas. Why? Because he was someone who was not like them. He didn't take their permission. Are you worried over things like that? Why are these ministries coming up here and there like Nehemiah's wanting to build the, the walls of Jerusalem? They should leave the work to us. Don't let pride disturb you. This is the work of God. It is not your work. Join hands with the lay members. Join hands with the Nehemiah's and don't feel proud about it. Join hands as they join Nehemiah and don't be like the nobles of Tekoa. Just as Deborah pronounced a blessing on Jael who took it upon herself to help in the work of the Lord, the Lord pronounces a blessing on all those who will unselfishly put their hands to the plow and faithfully come to the help of the Lord. The names of all the men who helped Nehemiah were put on record, not only on earth but also in heaven. God took note of the work they did and he will bless them. And the record is written in the book of Nehemiah chapter 3, all of it and the record of those who didn't help, their name is also written. The names of these men are on sacred record, not on earth alone, but in heaven. The Lord will not forget the work of reform done by these men, but will reward them for the work they did in building the walls and gates of Jerusalem. So will he reward all those today who will involve themselves unselfishly and disinterestedly in the work of God. But perhaps you may say that you want to help and some person has told you not to do that. Don't do anything until you are given permission to do so. Has the church permitted you? Has the Lord? Has the people in the leadership position sanctified and also have they permitted and given their go-ahead to Nehemiah and you are afraid? Don't let this hinder you. Be prayerful and do not move in the fire of your own kindling because truly there are some people who the Lord did not send and they're just going to do a work of their own. Be careful not to take upon yourself any work for the sake of fame or popularity just because you, you want to make a name for yourself. You are seeing people with ministries here and there, people are preaching and you just, you love the attention, you love the popularity and that's your motive. See that you have a genuine love for souls and a desire to bring them out of darkness into God's marvelous light, then, if you have searched your heart and know that you have no impure selfish motive, but you want to just save souls from sin and you want to preach the word of God faithfully, if that is the case, then let no one stop you. If that is your desire to bring people out of darkness into God's marvelous, marvelous light, then go in the strength of God and do not let anyone hinder you from doing the work that God has laid on your heart to do. If the nobles of Tekoa and the clergy 
choose not to support or choose to be uninvolved, this cannot be an excuse for you if you see that there's a work that needs to be done. You know, there were some people who had this case as their case and the spirit of the prophecy wrote to them, two men at the time who were the leaders of the Madison School, Percy Megan and E.A. Sutherland. And she said in the book Spalding and Megan, page 336 paragraph 6 for several years i have been warned that there is danger constant danger of men looking to men for permission to do this or that instead of looking to god for themselves thus they become weaklings bound about with human ties that god has not ordained the lord can impress minds and consciences to do his work under bonds to him and in a brotherly fraternity that will be in accordance with his law and again in page 195 paragraph 5 it says it is time that church members understood that everywhere there is a work to be done in the lord's vineyard how many places i i like to tell people this thing everywhere If you are hindered in one place, don't make it trouble you. Look at this world. 7 billion people, 7 plus, 7 billion plus. In your location, your neighbors, there is work to do everywhere. Nobody is hindering you. I'll continue to read it now. It says, no one, hear this, no one is to wait for a regular process before they make any efforts. They should take up the work right where they are. There should be many at work in what are called irregular lines. If 100 laborers will step out of the regular lines and take up self-sacrificing work, take note, it didn't say work to bring fame and popularity to yourself, but self-sacrificing work, such as a man called Brother Shyman has done, souls will be won to the Lord, and the workers will will understand by experience what it means to be laborers together with God. In the same book, page 176, paragraph 6, it says, The Lord has encouraged those who have started out on their own responsibility to work for Him, their hearts filled with love for souls ready to perish. Let me emphasize that point again. This is the motive. Your heart needs to be filled with love for souls as you have seen the Jerusalem walls broken down in those around you and you self-sacrificingly go to do the work because you love them and you want to save them going on it says a true missionary spirit will be imparted to those who seek earnestly to know god and jesus christ whom he had sent the lord lives and reigns young men go forth into the places to which you are directed by who by the spirit of the lord Work with your hands. That is self-supporting work now. Work with your hands that you may be self-supporting and as you have opportunity, proclaim the message of warning. End of quote. And I was saying earlier that some people may be wondering what if they are afraid because if it were for the nobles of Tekoa like they did to the apostles and to those who were following Jesus. If you read the book of John chapter 9, And you see what they did to those who claim to believe in Jesus. If you just say you support this self-supporting work of Jesus, they will cast you out of the synagogue. Some are afraid of that. And they don't want to be discountenanced by the church. What does God have to say to you? When there is a work to be done, are you troubled? Do you want the curse of Meros to be upon you because some men are saying you shouldn't do the work of the Lord? Pamphlet 113, 
page 13, paragraph 1, hear this, what it says. Some may say, if I were to engage in this sort of work, that is this self-supporting work, some connected with the church would discountenance me. What if they should? Christ has said, thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. We have no greater encouragement than this. We are to seek to save those who are willing to be saved. We are to bring the truth before those who will hear it. Our own souls must be filled with the love for the truth. That's the condition. I want to emphasize that your soul must be filled with the love for the truth. If that is the case, let no one hinder you. Continuing the reading, it says, And as we do our part faithfully, Christ will acknowledge our efforts. And what more do you want? If Christ has acknowledged your effort, he will add his signal blessing. And oh, what a reward awaits the winner of souls. When the gates of that beautiful city on high are swung back on their glittering hinges, and the nations have, that have kept the truth shall enter in, crowns of glory will be placed on their heads, and they will ascribe honor and glory and majesty to God. And at that time, some will come to you and will say, here now, if it had not been for the words you spoke to me in kindness, if it had not been for your tears and supplications and earnest efforts, I should never have seen the king in his beauty. What a reward is this! How insignificant in comparison with the infinite rewards that await the faithful in the future immortal life and in paragraph in page 14 paragraph 2 we are told let us thank god for the privilege of being his light bearers going on to page 15 paragraph 1 then we are told to those who are connected with our various school enterprises in the south i would say let not a single hand be laid upon you to say you cannot do this work you must not spend your time this way in this way time it is god's time and we have a right to work for the needy and the distressed and especially for the colored people if we continue to labor in faith and humility god will reveal that his righteousness goes before us and the glory of the lord will be our reward as we try to follow on to know the Lord, we shall learn that his going forth is prepared as the morning. You have been gaining an understanding of this, have you not, since you have been here? Now, my dear friends, who will belabor us together with God, who will take up the burden of service, who will see those that are afar off, having a hard time, and knowing nothing of the truth, who will bring them in? who will use their efforts to make them sons and daughters of God. When you enter within the gates into the city and a crown of life is placed upon your brow and on the brows of the very ones you have worked to save, they will cast themselves upon your neck and say, It was you that saved my soul. I should have perished if you had not saved me from myself. You had to take a good while but you were patient with me and won me to a knowledge of the truth. 
And then, as they lay their crowns at the feet of Jesus and touch the golden harps that have been placed in their hands and unite in praising and glorifying their Redeemer, and they realize that theirs is the blessing of life, everlasting life, there will be rejoicing indeed. And oh, the thoughts that we may be instrumental under God in helping to show men and women the way of salvation while living on this earth end of quote oh the thought may the lord give all of us the grace to be involved not like the nobles of tekoa who were not involved brothers and sisters who are listening you may not be a pastor a deacon an elder but the work is there for you to do there's work in the whole world put your hands to the plow like the priests who joined nehemiah and they all were nehemiahs of their own time and they did the work in building the gates and the walls of the city. They laid the beams. They laid the foundation. They did all that they could in their own power. You can do what you would and what you can. And look at the reward that some people will come to you and say, It was you that saved me. If it was not for your effort, it was not for your patience, if it was not for the fact that you didn't follow the regular process, you chose to do what you saw needed to be done. Even though people tried to hinder you, even though you were not given the permission, even though some people tried to say you should not go to that place and preach to me, yet you came, even though some people discountenanced you and said, oh, you are going against the church, oh, you are doing a work that the church did not permit you to do, you still came and you still preached to me and they will weep on your shoulders and say, it was you who saved me. And oh, the thought that we may be instrumental, that you may be instrumental under God in building the walls of Jerusalem and repairing the gates and the streets in helping to show men and women the way of salvation while living on this earth. My brothers and sisters, now is the time. The Lord has released you and has broken the bonds that have held you bound for long when you have been thinking, oh, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a deacon, I can't do this work. Is it only for them? But the blessings only be for them? No, the Lord has called you. He wants to bless you with the highest blessing possible. And the highest blessing comes to those who save souls, those who lead people to Christ. And you can do it for your children, for your husband, for your wife, for your parents, for your colleagues, for your friends, for the stranger in your neighborhood, and even for those who are far off. Some of us had the benefit of people making sacrifices they were not pastors so many people don't know their names they are not famous they were just mere missionaries they took it upon themselves to come and bring the message of the gospel to us they suffered some of them died because of the hazards that they put themselves through not because they gave any anybody given them any permission but because of a heart of love for perishing souls in asia in Africa, those who received the message at first came to give it to us and we are blessed today with it. Why not you also do the same? Wouldn't it look to you as a terrible thing that some people died to give you this message but you are living in indolence and indifference, being uninvolved when it was the blood of some missionary who is now obscure, nobody knows their name, they are dead, they are gone, they are buried. 
it is them that brought this message to you why would you not be involved don't let anybody stop you for the love of soul in fact for the burden in the heart to know that people died to give me this message say nobody can stop me i need to go and save souls to preach the truth of the word of god to them and build the walls of jerusalem and repair the gates and the streets in my life and in the life of others and as you do this god has prepared a blessing and a reward for you Let us not miss our reward. Let us pray. Thank you, dear Father, for the blessings that you have reserved for all those who will build the walls of Jerusalem. I pray that as these words have gone forth, you will grant to us a pure heart, not one that is desiring for fame and popularity, but one that is sincerely wanting to give people the truth that they may be saved as we see them perishing in sin. Help us, Lord, to be actuated with the zeal that Nehemiah had to build the walls and to preach the truth and cry aloud and spare not that the people may know their sins and see the walls that are broken down and that they may be saved at last. Please, Lord, we need your blessings. We cannot do it by ourselves. If you are not with us, how can we do it? Lord, please be with us and grant us of your spirit as some are making the decision in one way or another now to go forth and do this work. Lord, make them Nehemiahs in their location and for their time, that our lives may be spent in a worthy purpose and worthy object to bring bring glory to your name. Do this and take the glory. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. There's a call comes ringing o'er the restless waves. Send the light, send the light, send the light. There are souls to rescue, there are souls to save. Send the light, send the light, send the light. We will spread, we will spread the, the everlasting, everlasting light with a willing heart and hand. Giving God the glory evermore, we will follow His command. Send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, send the light, and let its radiant beams light the world. Light the world.